Above Ground Podcast number 158 with the birthday girl, Amber Hall. Disclaimer, the hosts of this podcast, Timothy Patrick and Will Foley, are by no means medical professionals. However, having lived experience with mental illness themselves, they have gained useful perspectives on common mental health issues that some of us struggle to overcome on a daily basis. By sharing their stories, they hope to create connection. By creating connection, they hope to help you find your purpose. And through purpose, we can all begin to build the foundation for positive mental health. This is Above Ground Podcast. Coming at you live with real conversations about mental health from the peer perspective. it's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now your hosts, TPP and Will Foley. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to Above Ground Podcast. Above Ground Podcast, because you can't serve below. What's up, Timmy? How we doing this morning, brother? We're doing another What's... week gone by. I don't see the cup. <laughs> I don't see the cup in your hand, man. What's in the cup? Is it green tea this morning again? Same green tea, little honey. All right, little French, little French roast. Oh yeah, feeling yeah. a little Frenchy today. Well, I'm feeling a little Frenchy today. You know, that's what happens. That's what happens <laughs> when we when we get up in the morning and forget to charge our computer and everything else <laughs> i gotta have need something. an extra boost i need an extra boost we 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 that's right we we all the way home uh this morning <laughs> <laughs> this morning on above ground podcast is another interview and we are joined by amber hall and amber is a master of education she has a master's of education in clinical mental health counseling and we met at the 2021 inaugural punk rock flea market at Empire Live here in Albany. And she is a 518er, and we're so happy to have her. Amber, thank you so much for joining us. How are you this morning? Thank you for having me. You know, I'm doing great this morning. Um, woke up and we've got everything set up. I thankfully did charge my laptop last night. So <laughs> I am. Don't uh... judge. Don't judge. <laughs> And I charged my headset, so we're all good. I am ready to go. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, it is, it's awesome that we get to meet again and and have you on because we've had a little bit of an sidebar conversation before we started recording. So I think today we're going to cover something that is very dear to Amber's heart and a lot of people out there have have dealt with over the last couple of years, and that is healthcare workers and the pandemic and mental health and and that whole particular zoo, because there's so many animals in that zoo, and there's so many things that have happened in the last couple of years, and life is obviously not going back to what it used to be. We've obviously gone through a membrane in the matrix to go to this next thing. What do you think is the most pressing issue, the most pressing issue with where healthcare and mental health come together for the healthcare providers themselves? Yeah. It's for me personally, and for what I've seen from a lot of the individuals I work with, a lot of the students I work with. I mean, I'm in school right now to continue into the healthcare f field a little further. It's it's something that we end up teaching the people we work with a lot. It's the balance of it, and it's the and it's the out of our hands, out of our control factors. Everything that we had that was working before isn't working now, and it's out of the workers' hands, and it's out of <clears throat> it's out of control, really. Um, there's there's 
you know, there are shortages, there's the lack of pay. A lot of times, you know, in, in this in this field, you don't get paid because relying on insurances, relying on grants from the government, relying on so many things. And so many times have I heard, or myself has said it, or I've heard other people say, it's like, I could go work as a manager at all Aldi's for 28 bucks an hour. That's $5 more than I'm making now an hour. Like, and right. less stress. Right, <laughs> and, less, and less stress, but it's like, we. it goes to show that we have really negated the the um, purpose of this type of thing. And we certainly don't have anybody's health interest at hand because it's, is it all about big business? Is it all just about somebody's making money? It's not the workers that are making the money necessarily, but somebody's making money somewhere. And I think it's left a big hole in there. Where do you see the biggest gaps? I mean, thinking back, it's, it's really a lot of it. It's people that go into the field, go into the field because we want to help. You know, we were led there one way or another, whether it was our own personal experience, whether it was witnessing someone else's experience, or whether it was just that innate wanting to help. And when you get in the field and you're actually working and either schedule change happens or they're scheduling you back to back to back and then you can't breathe or you're worrying about your paycheck and you're having to pick up side jobs like so many of our teachers do. You know, they have to have a side, a second job in order to make it work. It's It really just becomes this overall discouragement about like where does the society and where does the people in charge, what do they really care about? And you know, being in the field and working in it and seeing it, it ultimately just becomes burnout for lack of a better term, like from all areas, it's, I'm trying so hard, so hard. I'm going through stuff myself. You know, the, it's a unique time where now all the workers are going through the similar things with the pandemic and other things like that, um, that others are going through. And it's like, we need some, some leeway and it isn't going to come from us. It's going to come from those that have more control. Speaking of personal journeys, um, can you share a little bit of why you came into this field and, and what has made you so passionate about it? I mean, to talk to you and to know all the things that you're doing and working on and and taking on, I'm, I'm really impressed by that. And I'm curious to know where that drive and passion comes from. No, definitely. It um, comes from my childhood. You know, growing up, I've been in counseling myself uh first time was say four or five years old and then on and off through life throughout that um, both mental health side of it both substance use side of it as well and you know really mental health workers saved my life in college and uh, i always just had this drive to to give back I remember distinctively this one time it was it was a school program nothing nothing against that it was amazing it was just not the right time or place for me for me to feel comfortable with how it was going on but I remember like I was screaming inside but on the outside I was so calm and collected and I was just like I I wish I just could say something and then I remember thinking I want to be the person when I grow up and again, I was probably five or six that asks a further question because they just let kind of let it let it be. The person just let it be. 
and they really had no idea, you know, but in my head, I was like, I want to be the person that doesn't give up for others. And so that's what kind of led me you know, into the work I do now. Wow. That's, I mean, to not give up on others. Wow. That's pretty incredible and pretty passionate. I, that's, I got to commend you for that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So it's, it's definitely, definitely been a journey. So I think that's, uh, you know, a common thing that I've, I've seen across the board with people is that whether it's, it's something inside them that makes them ask or the experiences and, and circumstances of the system, be it, you know, you know, now that I know more, I see things a, a bit differently and, and I see how things are handled. And I'm just like, that's like, that's where it stopped. Like it's not, it's not a, a good place to stop. I feel like we need to ask more and better questions and continue the process yeah actually that brings that brings up a good point timmy because we actually have mentioned this within the last few episodes ourselves is that the more we learn it's about asking better questions it's about asking deeper questions so you actually just led into a really good spot for us to get into as someone in the field that you've had all this experience with. What is the next question to ask? Can you give us sort of an example as to just kind of lead us a little bit? As in, uh, like working with an individual. Yeah, if someone was yes, if someone was to come to you with a with an issue, and it doesn't matter what it is, the clinicians are always going to ask, "Are you okay?" or "Are you feeling like you're going to hurt yourself?" And there's certain baseline questions. But what should the next question be? Asking the big ones here this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. hope you got your coffee. <laughs> yeah, it it really, and I don't think there's any one answer. It really depends on the end on the individual, but uh, kind of one form of like, what's what's behind this right now? Like, what's been going on? And just and just asking them kind of openly and like, hey, what's what's going on? What what led us to to this moment right here? And a lot of times that. Uh, that just helps, you know, how it helps with, well, what comes out is going to be what they need to come out um, in that moment. I think being open is, is definitely, you, you nailed it right there. I think just, you know, obviously it's going to vary depending on person, but uh, just being open and asking those questions, you know, it's like, you know, as, as if you've listened to any of our stuff or, or, we try to ask some of those questions, you know, ourselves to ourselves, to, to the people that we speak with um, just because that's how we, we see it. And that's how we, we feel strongly about it. You know, it's, it's like you said, how many times you go to the, the, you know, your doctor and they're like, well, you know, are you, are you feeling depressed today? You know? And I always like to throw in the little wrench and be like, well, no more than usual. And they, and they kind of stop in their tracks and they don't know what to say. It's like, you know, just say it, just, just ask, you know, are you, are you okay? You know, is there something that you really want to talk, you know, just be open about it. I think that's a, a an excellent place to start. Do you think that part of our issue now with healthcare is, is the way that the system has become? Cause when I go see my general practitioner, okay. My family doctor has been my doctor since he literally got into practice but I've noticed a a decline in actual attentiveness nowadays. And I've gone through that depression questionnaire. I go through that depression questionnaire every time I go, and I always say the same thing, that, yes, I'm depressed, I have bipolar too, and, yes, I feel suicidal sometimes, but that doesn't mean that anything's going to happen. And that doesn't mean that I want to talk about it right now. But 
do you think that that's become a big hindrance for us? Is that doctors can't be attentive enough to us anymore? And, and like, how do we start to create a better system? You know, and I think uh, a good thing is to kind of look at the why the te- in inattentiveness is is happening, which is a bigger thing. You know, is the lack of lack of time because they're still wanting to see as many patients as they can, but now there's understaffing, there's there's a higher demand than there there are individuals. Definitely, I think it definitely is 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 affecting is affecting care in all all avenues all avenues of it um, to healthcare, you know, mental health too. I think that extra added stress to the individuals that are working ultimately does affect the work that is being done. Everyone's trying their best, truly, truly trying their best, but ultimately it's, it comes, you know, from the, again, from the top, like the whole system needs to change. Do I have the answer right now? Hell no. But (laughs) if I did, I definitely, you know. Yeah, you would definitely be making a lot of money from that one. (laughs) And again, not even about the money, too. It's, you know, the the helping. But uh, if if I had the answer, I think if anyone had the answer, you would think they would they would help help us out. (laughs) Us down here. I think you'd you'd be getting pushback. I think that's part of it. I think some people do have some ideas. You know, like you said, maybe not the answer, and I don't know if there is one answer, but if you could get, you know, some five top ideas and combine them and try and work together, but, you know, you're getting pushed back from, again, up up top, they, you know, it all looks good on paper, but when you, when you get into it and you talk to the people that are, you know, on the ground doing the work, it, it's, a, it's a different story, you know, and until you do, until you get down there in the trenches, you know, it's, it's, you just can't understand it. And I, and, and like our systems, like the mental health, the healthcare don't exist in the vacuum. So you can't just fix one, you know, you really have to fix them all. Like you have to work on our education. You have to work on our, you know, military police. You have to work on our housing our access to food. You have to work on, you know, overall, overall everything has to be has to be worked on and uh, i think that's uh the difficult one of the the difficult aspects is kind of realizing the bigger the bigger picture of of everything and the interconnectedness i feel i feel you i feel it's a good good answer i feel like you're right on the money with that it well it does go to show the interconnectedness of it all like we've but we've also been spoon-fed and indoctrinated in separation from everything we're taught that we're separate from from whatever our god is or whatever we're separate from the earth we're separate from everything because we sit in these cubicles all day or do these jobs that you know everybody needs you know everybody needs to feel inspired and everybody needs something new and novelty at some points and it becomes a grind on people when they see in day in and day out what is one of the biggest how do you deal with self-care for yourself you seem when we were talking before the sh- before we started recording you you were talking about how you decide how you've made this decision for yourself that you need you know x amount of hours of this x amount of hours of that to try to make it all balanced so what is one of your self-care things that you do for yourself it's uh it's this whole routine i have i definitely took many many years uh to kind of 
figure out my baseline of self-care where I'm at now. And it will probably take, you know, to the end of my years above ground, you know, figuring it out and, and uh, tweaking it more. But uh, really just finding the balance within and learning to say no has, has been the, the biggest part for me. You know, um, I was always the person that would keep the peace outwardly, but I, in doing so, I would give up the peace within. And now I've started to realize when I work on the peace within, it then overflows and ends up being peace around me. Wow. That's very cool, man. Timmy, I think you just got it right there. The peace within. Wow. That's what it's all about, the peace within. And I'm slowly trying to find that myself. It's a very tumultuous terrain that you have to navigate at times. So it's it's very difficult. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, you know, kind of what you said for when you try and keep the peace on the outside, you're, you're, you know, I guess stuffing, you know, everything inside and, and you, you can't be of any service to anybody when you're, when you're not okay, you know, which, which is at the end of the day, what it boils down to. So, you know, the balance, the self-care uh, is, is just huge. Um, you had talked early on about the balance, what uh, for like, whether it's mental health workers, uh, healthcare workers, is there, anything besides you know because obviously we're all kind of um we we can't <clears throat> we can't do too much because of the the higher ups i guess you could say i'm trying to say this kind in a kind way and <clears throat> our hands are tied so what kind of balance um could you suggest to others that you know they may not have heard before that they could partake in they haven't heard before who i i feel like a lot of things well have... they may have but yeah you know. <laughs> That's a that's a tough one. You know, I think ultimately when when you are giving, giving, giving and a lot of people in this in this field, you know, they're givers. Um, they want to help others. That's why they they went into the field. But again, um, going back to yourself, I think, is the biggest thing. Like, don't forget about you when you're out there, like helping others and, and trying to be there for others. Like, don't forget about yourself. Um, in whatever context that might mean, don't forget about you, you know, go just spend a day for you, do some deep diving, figure out what it is you need and then how, how you can, with what you can control, work it. So you are doing better for yourself because ultimately doing better for yourself will end up doing better for others. I agree. I, again, that's something that I've noticed come across the board with people is, you know, what is it that you want? What do you want to see and how you want to live kind of thing? Do you, in your, I guess, situations um, in your work, do you find that people know the answer to that themselves? Off hand, if you go up to someone, you're like, hey, what do you need? One, they'll probably be stunned by the question, like, oh, I haven't thought about that. Um, I, I I think it, it takes it takes a lot of work to, to figure, figure that out. And a lot of times, you know, painting the picture, like you're working 60 hours that week, you're, you're exhausted from being on your feet or the you know, mental capacity to hold space for people. You get home, maybe you are able to shove some food in your mouth and, and you pass out maybe, or you, or you sit up in this worry, you know, it depends on the person. And then you get up and you do it again the next day. And again, you're catching up the days you might have off. You actually are just catching up on the work that needs to be done. So you don't really get time for you. 
um, at least in my experience, my personally and my experience in, in other and you know, see, being in the field and having friends in the field. Um, it's uh, really just, you know, taking the time to actually sit down and, and do some of the work for yourself of, OK, where how is how is my, you know, my balance right now. And most of the time, you know, work, work, work is going to be huge. You know, giving is huge. And then like things that you actually want to do, things you're passionate about are minimal to none. And, and it's like, okay, well, what do I actually want? Where am I now? What do I want? You know, and kind of what do I think is actually achievable with where I am now? Or do I have to make big changes? Do you think people have a really hard time accepting where they're at? Do you think that that's a big, do you think that might be the biggest barrier is just accepting where you are and not, not being able to verbalize it or even maybe figure it out? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think, yeah, so often we're, we're kind of stuck in the past, stuck in the future. We can't see what's right in front of us, um, where we are now until unfortunately something happens. Um, for example, I was last fall, I was going back to school, trying to work too many hours. You know, I actually ended up getting COVID, wiped me on my butt. And, you know, in that time, I was like, okay, this is a self-reflection time. You know, I had found a good balance. I hadn't, I hadn't, you know, I wasn't working like I used to work. I was working less hours than I used to work in the past. Okay. I thought it was a good balance. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, it wasn't. Um, but it took, again, it, it, it took COVID, you know, to, to weeks of, of, you know, bed rest, things like that to, to let me figure it out again. Um, because just not having the time, not realizing, sometimes you don't realize until you realize it. But I think um, it, taking the time in the moment and um, asking others, hey, you know, asking those close to you, hey, you know, I have a question. How do you see me? And sometimes we're scared of that answer a lot of times. But, yeah, we are. Yeah. But getting that external remark might be good. Well, you know, to others, well, Amber, you tend to overwork yourself. Well, I'm doing a lot better. You're still overworking yourself. All right. All right. All right. I, I see it. You know, um, you know, so yeah, it's difficult. We might think we're doing better. We might think we're doing what we need to do. And then something happens and it's like, well, damn. <laughs> That's, and that it's sad that it takes us to get punched in the face usually to wake up. It's, and it's, you know, and it's something usually major there's all the external factors and then we're all we are all thrust in the middle of something that we're all going through together and i think that that's unnerving to people because most people don't view anybody else as themselves i think that that's like a big part of our conundrum is is that we're preached to and talked to about certain things but yet we don't see the realness behind it and it's like I, I don't know. It's it's difficult to there's watch. A, I feel like there's a lot of talk, but there's not a lot of walk. You know, that's the thing. It's like you know, you hear, oh, you know, take care of yourself, do this, and then at the same at the same time, they're saying, hey, you know, can you take on an extra shift? You know, I know you worked sixty hours this week, but you know, and then if you have somebody that that has a, a problem saying no, you know, they they may say, oh, I guess I can do that. You know, so 
I got a quick question for you, um, because you're obviously spending a lot of time being educated, and this has been coming up over the years about student loans and about and about the amount of debt that you're accruing to get these degrees and these certifications and stuff, but yet the pay doesn't amount to what you spent. Do you think that that there's a better way to educate a professional workforce than than the way we're doing it now? Because I know that's been my hindrance as far as trying to get into the field because I don't I just don't have the money and I don't have the inclination to go back to school for X amount of years. So I went the peer support route. And I mean, obviously, with lived experience, that's a great thing. But we don't all have those options. And there are people out there who want to help. Do you think that there might be a better way to look at this? Do you think there's openings to this now? Short answer, yes. Um, you know, definitely, you know, I, without giving a number and trying not to think about it, poof, my, uh, my, my loan, thank goodness they're right now deferred, um, is all I can say. Um, yeah, there's definitely, you know, again, it goes to the overhauling more systems, you know, um, it, it goes, there's definitely a better way, definitely a better way. Again, yeah, um, wanting to help, you know, there's so many routes that people can go. And I just don't think the knowledge is out there. And so many times, like, some of my good friends are like, Hey, how do I, how do I get how do I get into this? How do I look this up? You know, the knowledge is just not there to for finding a counselor, for finding programs, for finding this. And, you know, uh, what does this mean? You know, so teaching about what that is. You know, me, 17 years old, went went to school, initially had a full scholarship, unfortunately lost it. Um, and then I was like, oh no, I, I like this school. I'm gonna stay here. Years later, I keep looking at that number tick up, even though I'm making almost a mortgage payment on my on my loans, you know, when it's uh, when they're in payment. And I didn't know. I honestly just didn't didn't know. No, no one told me. And uh, so I think, you know, spreading the knowledge, helping it, creating some of these some of these programs, creating some of these training, using the peer support, I think is a ama an amazing thing you know, that has that has come up. Um, I think a lot of having people or positions where people can work while they're going to school and, you know, paying for it or helping them out with not necessarily the, the like golden handcuffs of now you're tied to us for five years or things like that. So I think, you know, reworking it in multiple areas, I think needs to occur. It's funny. I, as you're saying that it, it's just, I, I can't help but think of kind of going back to what we touched on earlier is, is our education system and, you know, bringing some, uh, some of these life skills into, you know, the curriculum and, and educating these children on this stuff. Um, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think that would help um, put a dent in, in, in all this that we're talking about? I think it's definitely a good start. Um, you know, I think having the opportunity in the schools to for children to explore what they're interested in, to explore different avenues of thing, having the knowledge of, OK, what does this actually mean, um, which, you know, a lot of teachers do an amazing, amazing job of it, uh, though, having that like intricate 
being able to go shadow someone for a day and having being able to be excused from school, you know, to go shadow things like things like that. I will say New York has a decent, you know, the BOCES program up here. I've, I've lived kind of all all around places. BOCES program is a decent, decent pro program for allowing, you know, high schoolers to be able to have some of these avenues if they're not the typical learner. Um, but I think, yeah, ed ed education in the school, so needed. You know, I say, well, I know, you know, I know, um, I, I know like the um, Pythagorean theorem and I know that uh, the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, but do I know how to do taxes? Do I know what taking those loans out and you know, what does this interest mean? No. Um, and how, you know, how interest works. And yes, absolutely. I, I fully agree with you on that 110%. And then like the mental health side of it, of it too, you know, a lot to, there, there has been so many awesome, awesome changes, you know, classrooms holding like, meditations you know allowing the time for students but there's so much more that could be done if again the the higher ups if the whole system kind of reworked itself a, a bit um there's hope i think that's well, that's the, the good thing. new york they took the handcuffs off <laughs> new york state new york state you heard it we need to add like nursing back into vote like into votech we need to add other skills into votech you've heard it you need to start teaching people skills that are going to be needed well, or, think, or hey business skills how can you how you right. know <laughs> yeah business well again skills. it's it's yeah. all light it, these are all like like i i consider them to be life skills you know i i learned about dbt a while ago and i just it, you know for someone that either lives with mental illness or or doesn't I, they can benefit from them you know, you don't have to have mental health struggles. And again, uh, writing um, writing out a check, learning about business and, and, and interest and how credit cards work, all these things that uh, I truly believe, you know, can help. Money management, time management. These are all, all that, these are all variables in the mental health, I think. Yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. And like, so before, before I got COVID, I was actually about to take on a school counselor, school counselor role. That was going to be what I was going to do. Um, and then COVID knocked me out. But looking, like looking at that, you have one, maybe two counselors for 400 students, you know, 400 students. Um, and then, you know, the teach, the teachers are, are Rest out. That was I was I was working. I was teaching um, students with autism at the beginning of the pandemic when it when it started. That was what I was doing, and and then having to, you know, change at the drop of a hat and do this and 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 again a field that's already stressful. And then the pandemic happens, and then the hours that you're trying to make stuff work, your own mental health, your own figuring out your own family stuff, and then not having access to mental health. And then the mental health care workers are stressed out. And then you get sick and you're trying to get an appointment so you can go back to work, but then you can't get an appointment because there's no appointments for months because there's no workers because of the pandemic or because burnout happened, you know, due to this. So, and it's like, and it just builds and builds and builds. And it's like, where, where does it end? Where, where can, where can we help it? And I, you know, I commend so much to people that are there and, you know, through it all, you know, they are, 
still going. Props yeah. Yeah, mad props to everyone out there in the healthcare field because a lot has been expected of you at this point, and that was not part of signing up for a lot of those jobs for people. And so we commend you. And you know, even though the you know the tributes at seven o'clock at night have ended long, you know, but not not to us because we truly do know the 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 cost and the toll that it's taking. For sure, I want to. I want to just uh, bring a little bit of a um, uh, a funny to the episode, just because we were talking about uh, what we were just talking about, and I I saved this uh, meme on my phone, and it's a guy he tweeted. I think he tweeted or whatever it's called, but it's uh, he posted. I'm glad I learned about parallelograms instead of how to do taxes. It's really come in handy this parallelogram season. You know, it's just. I think it just fits with what we're talking about it's like yes this stuff is is all good and and dandy but like you can't apply it unless you have these emotional regulation skills unless you have these interpersonal effective skills you know and i truly believe it's all an intrinsic job so you know as we instead of you know punishing kids for for not coloring the tree wrong you know maybe we explore their um their you know what they're thinking about the tree and why they colored it purple or you know just more individualistic type type stuff that's just me no don't definitely and and i think you know when thinking about and what we've talked about too there's so much stress in all areas and where where do the answers come from again we don't we don't have it right here but we can start to you know hypothesize about it where everything needs an overhaul and if you think about it if the skills are learned you know from a young age you know if care is given to families and they're not stressed about housing stressed about food you know stressed about child care you know if if that comes off of the family and they can be more present and then in school you know they're it's a really fostering learning for everyone um instead of the person that fits within the education model currently. If you change all of this and then you provide, you know, access to care and people aren't worried about going to the doctor for something um, because of the bill they might receive. You know, so if you if you look at all of these factors and if you kind of work them all out, it ends up creating a hopefully better system where now, okay, you take stress from all of these areas, you kind of fix a little bit in all of these areas and it creates a better flowing system in everything. It's life. Things are going to happen. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. There's going to be, you know, all arounds though. It's not one area. Isn't just the answer, you, you, you know, looking at it all and helping the everyone out a holistic approach to it and i think that's um that's just one one place to start yeah i do think it's i personally do think it's a good place to start just because i feel like some of the other pieces will almost fall in into place easier because of that begin you know what i mean because if you're starting at such a young age and learning these skills eventually you know they'll catch on and they'll you know obviously like you said things are going to happen you know and that's another critical thinking skill. Yeah, things are going to happen and some things we have no control over. And now let's learn how to deal with that because we can't deal 
we can't control something that we have no control over, but we have control over how we see it and how we feel and how we react to it. So let's work on that. You know, those type of skills, I, I'm, I'm 100% behind for sure. Yeah, to me, I agree with you. Um, we do need better skills. I, um, I do think a lot of it, though, stems from the lack of self-reflection. Do you think that the lack of self-reflection, Amber, is actually a reflection of where we're at in in terms of in terms of what we've done and what we're not doing? Yes, uh, you know, I think you know, not knowing how to self-reflect and for our individuals, but then as a, a society as a whole, as you know, all of humankind as a, as a whole, you know, looking at dang, how did we end up here? Um, and, you know, there's some people doing, a lot of people thinking about it, um, working in, a, in their own, in their own way, try, you know, truly for the betterment of humankind, um, and, you know, saving this earth that we're on and, and everything like that. Uh, though a lot of times, um, the lack of self-reflection in, you know, at different levels, I think is, detrimental to say the least <laughs> to say the very least right as we're watching literally all our natural resources being pillaged and we have for years and we're just we just keep doing repeating the same cycles over and over again and unfortunately our karmic debt is coming due and then we've been watching it over and over again i think in a lot of ways um timmy as we're coming around the home stretch here, man, is there anything else that you wanted to ask Amber before we start the lightning round? You know, unless some, if you wanted to put something out there that you needed to say or wanted to say, or, um, you know, I guess since Will asked, is there something that you would like to say to our listeners, um, whether they, they are stuck, whether they're suffering, whether they're looking for a therapist, whatever, just is there anything that you would like to say yeah yeah definitely um i guess i kind of want to just this is my kind of life motto and i want to put it out there to the people one the never give up but i think you know no matter where you're starting from like right now no matter where you are right now transformation is possible most of us judge ourselves more harshly than others we perceive a lot of the times other people have it figured out when the reality is no, nobody does. We're all we're all just trying to figure it out as we as we go. Um, nobody else is the expert of like your own experience, and you know nothing. You know it's not good nor bad comparatively because they don't know your experience. You don't know their experience. Like on our journey, and again going back to that self like self acceptance, learning about ourselves. You know things are gonna fuck it up. Things are gonna happen. But a lot of the time, willingness is what matters. Something happens, you look at it, and you're like, all right, that happened. What can I learn from it? And you keep going. You know, the privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. And it's like perfectly okay to keep discovering that every single day. Everyone else is yeah. everyone else is taken, so be who you are. Yes, exactly. exactly. Amber's <laughs> dropping bombs over here. Love it. <laughs> Good thank ones. You. Good ones thank too. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the wisdom. Thank you for your for for everything. Thank you for your time. 
awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been amazing. And thank you for the work you're doing and continue to do. I can't wait to, you know, we can't wait to reconnect with you in a year or two and see what's up and see where you're at and what's going on and all those things. So it's been awesome having you here. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. We are going to go to the lightning round. Woohoo! Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Do you have a favorite or a least favorite word? The the first one that came to mind, I guess, was kind of two words together. But if you add the little apostrophe, it's one word, can't. I think can't. I, I've, that's something that I've tried. If that thought, if that word comes into mind, like, oh, I can't do that. Um, I look at it. I look at it. And then I think second runner up to that would be should. You know, um, I should do this. Ooh. I should do that. Because when you should on yourself, it just gets messy. Yes, that's what Will says. There, there, there we go. You yeah. should all over yourself. You could should all over yourself. Thank you, Tony Robbins, for that one. Um, the next question, I have been changing this up as we've grown in a podcast just because. So I'm going to ask you something I've never asked anybody because I think I might have an interesting answer. What was your favorite toy as a child and why? Interestingly enough, you know, I'm going to say my own brain was my favorite toy. I don't think I had one physical toy. Um, looking back, you know, nothing came came to mind for a physical toy because I was, I had siblings, but half siblings, they were older. So I ended up kind of being an only child. Um, so I had to just spend a lot of time by myself and I would create games, create things. Um, I do, Thinking back, I don't remember a single toy i have a stuffed animal that i've had since i was a baby but i don't remember a single toy but i remember creating games and i remember using the old blue nesquik tops to like create games and using a golf ball to try to get it into that and i remember you know designing these elaborate things so i'm i'm gonna kind of not say a physical toy i'm gonna say my own imagination was my favorite toy i love it that's great the, you, the, creativity is key Creativity is key, and I think we've we lose touch with that as we get older. And it's so sad that we do because I think creative creative people have been kind of sucked out of the system a lot of times because creative people want to think differently. They don't want to go along with the status quo, so it makes it makes it hard of why why that's happened. But thank you very much. That was very cool. Very cool. Yeah, that was an awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. I I say you know one of my things is I never want to grow up. I think being in touch with my like inner child is honestly what's been healing me the most. Um, for there was a period of time that I I tried to mold into something that I wasn't. And I tried not to have these colorful, bright things or my you know my stuffed animals all about my my dinosaur post-it note holder you know on my desk <laughs> and and I realized no that's that's not me I you know this is me. Um, like is that an elephant is that an elephant on that it is an elephant yeah it's an elephant it's kind of constellations um, yeah it's like a constellation forming an elephant the the tapestry behind me i um i have this big old unicorn you know right right here so it's oh just look like, at that sucker yeah that's that's just me is you know um and when I tried to dampen who I was, I life wasn't fun for me. Life wasn't fun for me. And uh, but again, going back to that intra introspectiveness and that uh, inner work of figuring out who I am, who I want to be, and then being okay with that. 
So. Well, you're you're staring at Grogu and a Christmas elf here, yeah. so and they're here all the time because they just are. <laughs> this is their home now. It's like st- stuff in that authentic self, just not a good thing. Nope, nope. Again, I being like being who you are, it's the privilege of a lifetime. There's nobody else. You know, you're. Well, we wow. we we thoroughly enjoy who you are. Well, thank yeah, you, thank and you. thank you for being who you are. Yes, thank you. That, Last question. Sorry, go ahead. Were you gonna say? No, something? I, I was gonna say that's honestly that's uh the biggest compliment you can really give it anyone is like I like you for who you are. Boom. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, keep being you, whatever that may be. I'm here for it. Can't wait to see where you take yourself. Boom. So. Absolutely, I agree. So the last question, if there was something that you could do or that you would like to see done for mental health as a whole without any kind of restraint, what would it be? Ooh, thinking big here, you know, I honestly just think the access to it and just all one, taking away the stigma to, you know, but giving access, you know, um, teaching from from a young age uh i think would be would be huge um there there just needs to be more more done to get the knowledge out there get the skills out there and again it be be accepted one one like mental health days you know things like that um just allowing the time and the understanding i think is the is the the biggest thing change it all um (laughs) keep keep the parts that work like you know the the people in the field that are out there dedicated and everything you know some some people are getting it right other people places aren't uh, probably because of different factors that are out of their own hands um but get the education out there get the skills out there to people i i would say that excellent sometimes it's also learning to say no right Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Excellent. No, I cannot do that. <laughs> wow, thank you so much for your for your candor and 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 your personality. It's it's been amazing talking to you. Um, I cannot wait to see and hear what you're doing in another year or two when you're completing studies and moving on. And we want to hear all about it. I uh, thank you for being genuinely who you are. It's awesome and your energy shines through and that smile is infectious and thank you so much it's it's been a pleasure talking to you it really has been you know when i when i met you guys at that punk rock you know festival um whatever the name of it was i was like all right i was like i this is awesome a 518 you know 518 uh, right from them i'm a big i'm a big podcast person and yeah i'm a lifelong learner give me, give me all you can. There's, there's hundreds of books next, next to me on either side, you know, and sometimes just thrown on the podcast in, in the car and then having those notes to home. I was telling someone, I'm like, it's so nice to hear something that you know, it can touch anyone. You know, I've shared it with friends, but then if you're from around here, those small notes to, to home that you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we I we realized it early on because it was hard. Like something about developing these things is hard because you don't. Most people aren't willing to talk to you in those first twenty episodes. So it's like trying to find those spots. And we've been very blessed as far as the five one eight opening itself up to us, which is cool. I mean, Timmy and I have you know the the punk rock thing. That whole thing is in our bat you know in our rear view and we're part of that community which makes it 
even cooler that we can do things like that. But it also opens up a lot of other doors too for different things. And, and I've met some really cool people and done some really interesting things so far. And we get to meet people like you and share the conversation because it's really about being willing to share the conversation and even have the conversation. Because that willingness counts a willingness, lot of the time. <laughs> willingness counts, and the intention behind it is 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 what in the love, and that's what equals legacy for me. So, wow, thank you, Amber, very much for being here this morning. It's been a pleasure talking to you and meeting you again. The pleasure is is twofold. So, thank you both so much. You're very welcome. So, until next week, be well, be safe, be. Above. This episode is brought to you by Nipperfest. Nippertown is bringing you some of the best music from the Capital Region and calling it Nipperfest. Nipperfest is a local music festival and it's happening on Saturday, July 23rd at the Music Haven, Central Parks, Connected in New York. Local food, local craft beer. Did I mention it's free? July 23rd it's happening, so bring down the family. Stop at the Above Ground podcast table to say hi. P.S. This is Kid and dog friendly. Thank you for giving us a listen. New episodes every Wednesday. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can share, rate, review, and even subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Other ways to support the show? Follow us on social media. Share the content. Share our episodes. You can also buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash above ground pod. For further concerns, show ideas, or just to say hi, you can email us at abovegroundpodcast at gmail. Once again, thank you for listening and supporting mental health. Keep the conversation going and stay above.